You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Powered by the ADHD coin, here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And as most of you know, one of the things that you know I like to cover beyond just NFTs is really you know how are we thinking about these things differently? And for most of you that you know listen on a regular basis, we've been talking a lot about you know Starbucks and Game of Thrones, and then of course not only a combination of brands but native Web three brands. And been interesting news lately with you know Yuga Labs and some of the big trends that are happening there. And then also kind of how we're kind of bridging the gap. And we've talked a lot about, you know, different ways that, you know, utility utility can exist, but also different players that are getting in space. And so for this episode, excited to bring in uh, someone that I've been a fan of and a podcast that I've actually been listening to for uh, a good while. And for the, a lot of those that, you know, for people that are listening, a lot of times when I give you context on some culture or even kind of what's going on in the economy, I have to give credit uh, to group chat news as kind of usually my source is, uh, you know, with my ADHD and my consumption is almost always via podcasting. So D, one of the co-hosts of uh, group chat news, welcome to NFT 365. Thank you for having us and thank you for, thank you for listening. Appreciate that. Oh yeah. Big fan, big fan. And it's funny. Uh, I, you know, I w- was listening to the podcast for uh, a good while. You guys have been going five years, which is pretty, you know, darn impressive uh, run for a podcast. You know, I think the, the stat we all like to throw around is like the average one, you know, ends after five or seven episodes, right? So anyone that's done longer than that is is doing great. But you guys have done, I mean, you've you've moved it into in-person events. You have a, you know, a really powerful community and a, a really interesting dynamic as well. But I'm curious, give the audience a little bit about your background and kind of some of the things that you have going on kind of outside the podcast. And then I think we'll talk podcast and then of course into the NFT as well. What's up, everyone? Dee Murthy here. Um, background. So I've been in fashion for the last 20 years, building brands. The first brand I started is 5.4. It became the first ever men's subscription box, 5.4 Club. Grew that to a pretty large size. And then about 12 years ago, launched a brand called Young and Reckless with my co-host on our podcast group chat, which we launched five years ago. Um, been fortunate to be around fashion and technology for a very long time. And most recently, um, about a year and change ago, launched a venture-backed startup in the B2B marketplace for excess inventory, where we match excess inventory to discount retailers. So super exciting space, um, but been a lifelong entrepreneur and uh, excited to dive in here today. Nice. No, I, I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, you know, Young and Reckless, of course, uh, you know, familiar with that. Uh, you know, I was a, a Robin Big fan, so I of course was familiar uh, with you know kind of the the crew that that side of the house, and you know not only the the brand side, but the, you know the fashion side, and and kind of how a lot of that has happened, of course, with Drama uh, as well, who uh, co-hosts uh, the the group chat news is you know on on that side of the house. You know, I I really appreciate one of the things with the podcast that you guys do really well is you know you kind of a lot a lot of situational awareness, a lot of context. 
uh, but also kind of very opinionated in that side uh, of the house. And I think we're both uh, about the same uh, same age, right? I'm 41, so right, I think we're right the yeah. you know same elder millennial side. And so <laughs> I, I often like get myself like, oh, I agree, or hey, we have the same content. Uh, and I'm curious, just from you know your you know kind of prior to the podcast, were you were you creating other content on any regular basis? Like, how did that all kind of come to life with the with the podcast, and even how you know where we're at today? Yeah. So the backstory is in 2016, we were on the verge of selling a, a large piece of the company for a life changing amount of money. And we went, our business was doing extremely well. We went and met with all the top private equity firms in the world. We're at the finish line. We get a term sheet and the deal fell apart in the last second. And that was obviously devastating. And what was interesting in that time, like, I think our business was doing like $75 million of revenue at that time. Mm-hmm. And not one person had heard of the brands. Not one person had heard of us. And they generally kind of just didn't give a shit when meeting with us. And when that deal fell apart, I was very, like, very much of the view of if I was somebody in the business community, they wouldn't have fucked with us like that. Like if I had recognition and it was, it would have been a bad look to walk away from a term sheet of a deal, which in normal business practice, it's just very unheard of to give a letter of intent, write a term sheet because you've done all the work already. Right. Right. So it's just about, it's a formality now. It's just to go forward. And so I'd be had this weird feeling of like, man, if I was known, if I was a known entity in the industry, I would have gotten this done through the finish line. And so I was like, how do I do that? And so I jokingly said, I need to be famous. I was like, how do I become famous? And so I started vlogging. I started, I never posted on social media, like at all. Like, you know, there was no Facebook when we were in college. Facebook happened when I was like, 26 years old right whatever yeah we, we regretted giving up our edu address right because then yeah, we couldn't I, even get in there because we already gave it up <laughs> i think i signed up for facebook when i was like 29 yeah um and so i wasn't in the social media era i didn't care didn't mean anything to me and then i was then started this journey of like all right i'm gonna become known i'm gonna become famous so i said i'm gonna do uh, a vlog i'm gonna post on instagram and because of what I did for a living, I was friends with a ton of celebrities. So I was like, I'm just going to go post my pictures with celebrities. I quickly realized none of that stuff worked. The vlog didn't work. No one, care- no one cared about a you know, 30-something-year-old Indian guy that's married with kids. It's like not interesting. So, um, but what, what we, you know, Drama had first started his podcast uh, kind of journey where he was interviewing guests uh, on Short Story Long. And one of the interesting things was he would always come into my office and he would be like, hey, what's happening with the stock market today? Hey, why What is? Why does it matter that interest rates went up? Or, hey, what's going on with this company, Uber? I hear they're doing big things. And I would sit there and have these conversations with him. And he would ask from a very much like layman's term view of like, just educate me on like what's going on. And then one day we were like, man, that this would be a great podcast if we just talked about just what's happening in the world. And so him and I recorded our first episode, 2017, November. We went to Complex Con, which is a f- kind of like a festival yeah. for streetwear. And um, 
and you know our friends started that so you know they let us have like really great access and we walk the, the the show and then we do a little recap and we do a episode about it maybe 50 people listened um we did another episode a week later 20 people listened and i was the 20 people that listened though said it was really good they're <laughs> like this is awesome content and so i was then like Let's just try keeping it consistent and see what happens. Let's give it one year. So for one year, we posted weekly episodes and I basically was about to give up. And I launched a sale for our shoe brand, New Republic, for Black Friday. And we had our biggest Black Friday ever. And a lot of podcast listeners DM'd me and said, Hey, I'm a longtime listener. I didn't know you know, how to support you guys. So I went and bought a pair of shoes. I was like, Oh, cool. And I told a couple buddies about the sale too. And we did this massive amount of volume because of the podcast. That's when I was like, Oh, it is working. People are connecting. And then I think at that point we had a few thousand listeners and you just don't know if you're actually connecting your, you know, are those numbers real? What, what's <laughs> going on? And so Finally, like we decided to like take it seriously and we started increasing the frequency to two days a week, then three days a week. And then I think the the biggest eye opening is I travel a lot. Like I'm on a plane every other week and I would be in airports in all these random cities and people would be like, group chat. And I was like, what? You listen to it? Because, <laughs> you know, from podcasting, you get no data. Like they don't share any. Worst. It's yeah, the worst. It's, the worst. It's, it's pretty shocking how poor the data is. So, you know, I believe the numbers, but I didn't realize like the type of people. And and then I think the eye-opening experience for me was one time I was heading to Paris and I said on the podcast, I'm going to Paris. And Ian Rogers from Ledger, who at the time was at LVMH, DMs me and says, hey, I heard on the pod, you're going to Paris. I'd love to meet up. I was like, oh, you listen to the pod? He's like, yeah, a lot of people from LVMH listen to the pod. And I was like, oh, interesting. So he's like, come by the office. And that was like, wow, the right, the people I want to listen to this podcast are listening to it. And it was the leaders in my industry, in fashion, in technology, things like that nature. And that's when I knew like we had something very special because it's to me like, you can reach millions of people, but if you don't reach the right people for what you're trying to accomplish in your life, then it doesn't matter. And so um, it has had a profound impact on my business, like more than any amount you can monetize through ads, the, 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 the trajectory of my business career has changed because of the podcast. Man, I, I love hearing that. And, you know, and I love, you know, you you guys provide a really great context of that, like within the podcast, right? You do a really great job of like mentioning or shouting out some people that you know are listeners and people that are, you know, are part of the community, which also kind of reminds people like, you know, hey, like, it, you know, and it, it can be, you know, hey, I got, you know, courtside seats at the Laker game, or it could be, you know, those other things. And it's funny you mentioned the, the travel side. I travel a lot too. I've done uh, almost 2 million miles now in the last 10 wow. years, which has been uh, insane, but uh, it's a couple of times where you were, where you've said on the pod, like, 
well, I'm headed to New York this weekend and I'd be in New York. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to run into him in the airport or yeah. you know, like, it is kind of funny how that, uh, you know, connects. And I think, you know, for a lot of our listeners, I actually refer to NFT marketing very similar to podcast marketing in the sense that, you know, the podcasting app is on everyone's iPhone, but most people don't even know that the podcast is there unless you're a podcast listener. Then you're yeah. like, oh, you know, you're an addict. But then even how do people discover new podcasts, right? Like, it's funny, like even getting a couple of people on my team to listen to group chat, I will tell you, I sent them, you know, the link, nothing. Forward them a couple of TikToks and all of a sudden they're like, oh, like, I like this one. And and whoever's doing the editing for you guys on uh, your TikTok content, mad, uh, mad love for them. I've used yeah. it as a as a reference, you know, kind of multiple times. I even heard you guys talking uh, on one of the most recent episodes. I'm like, hey, we don't have a massive TikTok audience, but we we know that TikTok is driving a lot of listens. And the NFT space is that way, right? It's very like, you don't even know who you're impacting, even though there's like that ownership side. So I'm glad you provided some of that, you know, context there, especially because, you know, at your level in the game that you're playing, I mean, you're, you're the executives and the leaders in, the, in your industry and space, you know, not only is time, you know, valuable, but there also a certain demographic where, you know, we didn't grow up with TikTok or short stories or yeah. YouTube, you know, on that side. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've, you guys for, you know, five years, right? So you've started to kind of lean into it. And of course, uh, actually influenced when we went from daily on season one to I said, I'll never do daily again. Uh, I said three days a week is good because I, I love the three day a week yeah. cadence uh, that you guys are putting out as well. I'm curious from your like consumption. So like outside the podcast, you know, you, you have a real great, like kind of situational awareness, but I also love like your, the style of the podcast. Like you guys have your phones out, you have kind of like the, the shot list of things that you're talking about. Yeah. What is your way of consuming and kind of staying up to date with what's going on in the market and kind of where trends are at? Like, do you have a, is it, you have like a, is it a podcast that you listen to? Love, just curious on how you consume. Yeah. Mine is more reading than listening. Um, so I, you know, wake up, I have two young children. So I wake up very early in the morning to get any little personal time. So, um, I, so my real sources are Bloomberg, uh, wall street journal. Um, I'm in retail. So I read things like retail dive and I've become very good at scanning headlines. Anything that's of deep interest to me, I quickly read it. Um, I, Pre-podcast, I was I'm a very curious person. Like I, I want to know why something is happening. I want to know why how something is working. Like I'm not in artificial intelligence at all, but I'm obsessed with learning about OpenAI and ChatGPT. Anything that comes out about it, I sit and read it. And so I think at the end of, at the you know heart of hearts, I'm I'm a nerd and I just want to I want to know. Like I, I can't just if something's happening in the world, I want to know, like, I, I'm curious. And so that's just, and what's interesting, some people are just generally like that. And they're very well versed when it comes to things. And some people just don't care. They're like, you know what, this gives me more anxiety to know that all this stuff is happening. I just want to live a happy life and not worry about it. Like, I'm like, for example, I live in California and LA. I'm obsessed with the drought. I check the levels of the fucking dams every morning when I wake wow. up. Wow. And what what value does that provide for me? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm obsessed with it. Like I really, really want to know why, you know, all everyone talks about a drought. So why is there storm water being released into the ocean? Like, you know, so it, I think it's just, you know, this general thirst for just knowing information. 
And, you know, and it's, I love that. I love that take. And we connect on that very much. So, right. I chat GPT is literally up on the screen. The show notes will be put into there and summarized for the podcast <laughs> episode. Uh, awesome. and I, you know, like I dove into mid journey, um, about seven months ago. I wasn't a artist at any shape. I, you know, I'm a tech guy to begin with, you know, computer science was my background okay. and now selling, you know, AI, AI art, using it for my, you know, slides. So I can relate on that, like, you know, curiosity, all in kind of uh, mentality. And, and with that in mind, you know, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that kind of your, the fashion background and, and big brands and, and really, you know, for, you know, all over that, that kind of gamut, you know, the web three space is an interesting one, that industry, especially, especially fashion where, you know, it seemed early metaverse was kind of a trendy uh, place where fashion was going to play. And then we've saw it, you know, kind of hit across with Tiffany's dropping NFTs and then Gucci dropping NFTs. And then just heard, I think yesterday or today, uh, like L'Oreal's uh, dropping a DAO, right? Like it's, they're very interesting plays. What's your take on kind of like the web three value for brands right now, as far as like industry, like, especially that space, like the fashion, uh, you know, like that, that world, because, you know, as interesting as it is with like, you know, Walmart's playing in there and we all know what, you know, FTX did uh, for the entire space, but it's been interesting to see like some big names kind of make a splash, but at the same time, almost feel like it's not kind of all in. It's more like just kind of testing the market. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely here to stay because it represents ownership and community, which is rooted in a lot of these brands. I think when I think about technology, you know, if you if you looked at like, for example, the sex industry has always been pioneering a lot of technology. Early internet is because of the sex industry, porn. Um, mm -hmm. Early mobile porn. You know, it's just like it's just one of those live streaming, things. live streaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With only fans, and so I would say that, in my opinion, the culture that can really cement the nft space is streetwear like streetwear is that crazy fandom that brands have created amongst their consumer that want that ownership that want that club that want that community so streetwear to me like supreme like yep. you know like ftp like you know whatever the hot young brands are right now they have the power with their fans where they can really use Web3 to create enormous leverage in their business. And uh, Nike, if there was a token for J the Jordan brand that gave you access to potentially pay full price, which is all people want to pay is regular retail, and because you can't get anything. And yep. so th there's enormous unlock in streetwear, in my opinion, and there's enormous unlock in luxury. I don't think it's going to go it's going to work for today at least for michael kors or or you know under armor like i think it'll work for very specific brands they'll pioneer it and then make it more of a normal place and that's just my view like i think if hermes had a token that allowed you to buy a birkin bag there would be 50 million women all over the world trying to buy that token and so i think i think it's very specific use cases that will popularize the idea and then eventually it'll become mainstream. 
Yeah, I think, you know, and you know, I tried to get the dunks yeah, two days ago and, and literally you know, by the, the site refreshed, right? I was gone, right? So yeah. anyway, Nike buying, they bought Artifact, which is like an interesting kind of like hybrid for them. Um, and then you kind of mentioned, you know, I love that you brought up, you know, Bobby Hundreds uh, is one of the, you know, I think leaders in this space has been yeah. uh, since I've been in. And I've been very impressed with his kind of, you know, he, he brought in the, the bomb squad and, and that entire kind of, you know, group. And, and you're right, there's like that, that allegiance. I'm curious, you know, uh, you know, for some of the brands that you would want, you know, were kind of, I mean, uh, you know, young and, uh, young and restless where the, you know, were one that I knew, you know, from, uh, the start when that was kind of launched. I'm curious for like your take on like that brand value. We're going to talk a little bit about what, you know, Chatty Cathy's has from utility. There's one of them that I'm really curious about, uh, what you, how you guys are, are, are kind of thinking that long term. Um, but like for, I think a lot of the brands, there does seem to be a little bit of like, hey, we understand we have a loyal audience, but I think there's a there's kind of like a hesitation on like where is community monetization or community like loyalty fit in like our value proposition? How would you position that to brands that are like, hey, I know that this ownership thing might give us a better relationship with that with our customer or that audience, but they're trying to figure out like where that actually fits in like kind of the grander scheme. You know, specifically for direct to consumer brands. The biggest daily challenge is retention. Like, how do you keep a customer you've acquired? And it didn't matter a few years ago because Facebook ads worked so effectively that there was just an unlimited reach of getting customers for cheap. So no one actually had to focus on retention. Now you have to focus on retention. And I think people struggle with everyone wants to do big swings when it comes to marketing. They don't want to do the hard, painful stuff, which is, you may have this $50 million brand, but maybe you only have a thousand loyal customers and you have to do the work to grow that loyal thousand people to 10,000 to hundred thousand, then to eventually a million. It's a long slog. Like the best businesses on the world have taken decades, in some cases over a century to build these moats in brand. And so, you have to take a very long-term horizon and you have to start small, but you have to start. And I think everyone thought originally, this is a quick fix. I'm going to launch an NFT, sell 10,000 of these. They're going to be so loyal. They're going to do whatever the fuck I tell them to do. And boom, my brand's a billion dollars. Yep. If it was that easy, everyone would have done it. And everyone did do it. And they watered down the, you know, the in initial purpose of what this was all about. And so, I think the opportunity from here on out is really like start, start small. And that's what we decided to do with our podcast uh, club. And we, we didn't even use the word NFT because we knew that in this climate that some people may be, you know, risk averse to that where they're just like, oh, I don't know if I want to buy an NFT. But you do want to be a part of this community. You do want to be a part of this membership. Like if a cut, like when you sign up for, um, um, a club, like a country club, it's eff effectively the same thought process, yep. right? You're paying $100,000 to join some ritzy country club. Then you pay a monthly fee so that you have access to it. And then when you're done going to the country club, you, you could sell your license to that club to someone else because you're done golfing. You never want to golf again. And so inherently this is happening in, in, in real life today. This is just making it a way better experience. And I think people just have to like get over the fact that it's just going to work like in this mass scale way right away.
No, I mean, I mean, it's such a great point, right? And like the fact that we're <laughs> you're creating a marketplace, right? A lot of these mar- these memberships already existed. There just wasn't a marketplace. Like you had a, a membership. I hey, I got I'm moving or I'm changing my job, but you had no way of selling it, right? Or no way yeah. of even proving your your ownership. Uh, I love that you brought up, you know, with the, you know, Chatty Cathy Club. I, I actually noticed on the podcast uh, two episodes ago that you guys were very conscious about not using NFT, right? Using whoever owns the most amount of tokens are going to get this uh, utility. Yeah. I'm curious what other things went into, we're going to talk a little bit more about the details, but went into some of like the the onboarding thoughts, right? From a, cause I'll even say like the site that you used uh, for, you know, your white labeled site for the minting, I hadn't used uh, the site before. And so I immediately went and down that rabbit hole researching them. I was like, okay, there had to be a reason they use them. You're, you also present the price in USD at $250. You're not saying how much ETH or how much crypto. What were some of those other thought processes you guys had? Because the truth is for our audience listening, I think you have a very tech savvy dialed into the market audience. Yet you were also very conscious about, hey, let's be careful about not polarizing on with the words NFTs or forcing people to crypto. How did you guys kind of like really kind of force through that and think through that onboarding? I think fundamentally we believe in blockchain and the power of what is being created in this world today. I think we have a wide range of people. So I've interacted with so many of our listeners over the years and it's, it's everyone from, Hey, I own a construction company in Atlanta. I, I run a marketing agency in Miami. I, run a web three company. I am in fashion and it's all ages. And what we are big on building is like the interrelationship within the community. Like my, my superpower as a human being is the ability to connect with all walks of life. Um, my friend groups are everything from, you know, older successful people in business to 22 year old rappers. Like I have the widest kind of range of friends and I want to bring that to, to life. I want that. I want my relationships and the way that I've been fortunate to connect with all these people for everyone else to experience that as well. And so fundamentally, I didn't want the notion of cryptocurrency to make you feel afraid to participate because it is a scary thing for people that are not in this world. And if you've never had Coinbase and you've never, you know, traded on these exchanges, I remember the first, I went into a wormhole on DeFi, you know, and all that shit like a year and a half ago and I got hacked and lost all my money and it was devastating and it made me never want to do it after that. And so I think, um, I wanted to, you know, the on-ramp has to be very safe and it was very conscious about us dollars, calling it a club and making people feel comfortable. And then over time, like the more sophisticated people are like sending me screenshots of their, their wallet and Coinbase. Hey, I sent this to my Coinbase. This is so cool. You know, all of that. So I think it's like, you got to ease people in. Like we went in, in, crypt, in NFT crypto land, we went to zero to a hundred in like 90 days. It was too yep. fast. It, it and, was like, and which is why, why the hackers had an advantage, right? Because we yeah. were just trying to keep up with trends. And, you know, I actually had, you know, my, I had 10 years of cybersecurity for the department of defense and my wallet wow. was compromised last March. And oh, so yeah. like, you know, I was just, you know, like, like you had mentioned there. And so I, I love that, you know, you guys brought it in club. I will also just say like, I think there's also, you know, you haven't, you guys all you know have an audience as a brand with the podcast, with each of you individually, with your, you know, personal brands and reputation. And you've actually already proven 
the the ability to execute because you've had in-person meetups, right? Where, yeah. you know, I remember listening to, you know, FOMO on, you know, you guys were meeting up in person and people coming around. But then there's also like managing expectations of like how many of them are still going to even understand the token part. And you mentioned earlier, you kind of teased, you started with a smaller batch. And I, and I'm curious, like, what are, what are your guys kind of expectations on that? And you also mentioned, Hey, we're going to have a discord and a community manager there. So you're definitely thinking like that same route, but at the same time, you didn't drop a 10 K collection, which to me is like, it's like, thank God, because like that ridiculous 10 K trend of copycatting was just, it was ridiculous. No one understood what the hell they were doing. They were just trying to copy what, you know, Yuga and Bored Apes did. Talk to me a little bit about like the, the amount. And then also like, how you're thinking about the execution of this for you know initial holders and of course those that would hold down the road, road as well. Yeah, I think the amount was this is for the most hyper engaged people in our podcast, and it's not for everyone. And there are many casual listeners that listen once a week and maybe only follow us on TikTok, and that's they prefer you know doing that on TikTok. And there's other people that like really are all in on everything we do and the people around us and their friendships have been based around the content of the podcast. There's so many people that I've met, couples that I've met because they both listen to the podcast. And so I I felt it was important just for a very core group of people to be, you know, the real like diehard members to so that they they have the experience that they want because they're They'll also be most active in the community because communities are only good. So like, I'll give you a a real life example. My child is going into kindergarten. And so we have to go through, um, we're visiting a bunch of schools in the LA area and every one of the school care so much about parent involvement and, and engagement. And reason why is the more parents are involved, more likely that their children do better. The school does better. They have a better reputation. The success of the students happen from there. So fundamentally, I believe in a community to work, people have to be engaged. And so you can't have, we're not, we don't have 10 million listeners. We're not going to have, you know, 50,000 hyper-engaged people. I believe there's a thousand or 500. That's what I honestly believe. And that's it. And that's fine. And maybe over time that group gets bigger, but right now, I'd rather start small because you also have to service them. If you spent, ours is $250. It's a lot of money, $250. And it's priced that way because I want people to, I want it to matter to them. You know, originally I was like, oh, I'll do it 25 bucks and let everyone participate. But then you get a lot of people that are not engaged. When you spend $250 on something, you're like, all right, what are you giving me? What do I got to do to make, get, make sure I get more value out of this? And I think that is very important in, in building community. So the, the, the real goal of, the, of what we're building is, one, people want access to us. That's fine. But I actually don't think that's the biggest unlock. The unlock is meeting the... I've got to meet the other listeners of the podcast, which we call Cappies. Right. Um, and I'm like, whoa, you listen to the podcast? Like... It would blow people's mind when you're like the CEO of this and the CEO of that or this athlete or this musician. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea you listened. And he's like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. And and then, I, you know, I'll test them and, and I'll just say like, well, you don't know about this. And he's like, what? Didn't you get drunk at the Super Bowl? Like, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, and, and, and that connection is so valuable. And so if I could 
take it to you. And let's say you were interested in meeting, I don't know, uh, an artist, uh, like a painter, and we have a painter in our community, like, would it be great for you guys to connect? And so, and it's hard to do that being in LA, we only get to connect with the people in LA. How do you do this for the whole world? And that's well, what's, what's you know, the beauty of what's happening in technology is we can do that now. And we can track everyone, we can validate them, we can authenticate them and say, okay, you guys are both chat, chatty cabby club members. It'd be great if you connected. Or, I love create, that. or create opportunities. Like, I, I can't tell you how many podcast listeners I've helped them get jobs, help them sell their companies, help them all of these things. So I just want to crystallize it and formalize it into like a community of like, fuck, why can't we all just help each other? I love that. And I've heard you, you know, throughout the, you know, this is a couple of years of me listening. You guys mentioned that pretty often, right? And I, and I think that's an important component. And I, you know, and my audience will know, I preach that like true community is not about the community leaders connecting. It's about connecting members with each other, right? Like that's where the, the fundamental, uh, you know, that real value, that long-term loyalty is. You guys also, you know, of course you have some, you have utility. There's a white paper on the website. We'll include that um, up in the show notes. I love the idea of, you know, IRL events and, and, you know, uh, access to you guys in the, in the discord community, but you also had kind of the, the, the whale status or the, the, you know, the being a guest on the podcast status. And, uh, I will tell you when I, as soon as I saw that on the podcast, on the, on the website, I forwarded it to the Drew, my, you know, my producer on my team. And I was like, genius. I love this idea. Right. Because yeah. it is a, it is a sweet spot. Talk to me a little bit about like how you guys are thinking about that. I think you even mentioned like five years is what you guys are kind of putting on like the parameters. Yeah. How did you guys think through like, Hey, we're going to be willing. Cause it is a, it's a shortcut to sponsoring your podcast where yeah. instead of paying multiple thousands of thousands of dollars, yeah. you own, a, you know, if you end up, I think it's the top five holders, right. Get yeah. to have that each year. Yeah. And, 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 and that was the idea is, is like, how do you get creative? How do you be clever with this stuff? And so I wanted to make it like, I think inherently people like games and this is a game. Like, could I be a top five holder? And, and, and I said, if you have, you don't own a business and you just want to come in and tell jokes, come on and tell jokes, like whatever it's, you've earned the privilege to do so by being a top five holder. And I think I, I really take it from like the airline industry. They have the best loyalty programs. They've created such stickiness. Like I, 20 years ago, booked a Delta flight. And for some reason, 21 years later, that's all I fly. Loyal as hell. I, I will I will take a layover and take me four hours <laughs> a bit more or more. As long as I got my Delta diamond and I keep my diamond, I'm good, right? Like Yes. And, and I'm not even sure that I have extracted value from being diamond. I just... Yeah. <laughs> I, I could agree more. And I, I, I think Delta... I mean, that's a great example, right? Like That loyalty, that like, that connection. And you know, and like, they, you know, we have you know, free, we are getting Wi-Fi, and there was like those little bonuses. But I will tell you, like, whenever I was able to give a companion pass status out, like yeah. that was a big piece, right? And I, and I think like that feels like within the NFT space as well. Yeah, and I think that's how I was thinking through it. Is like, what is Diamond Medallion? Okay, the top five people are basically Diamond Medallion for Chatty Cathy. And what do you want to as for for us? I was thinking like, what would be the value to you as a listener if you're a top five holder? More than likely, you probably have are affiliated with a business that you'd want to promote. So cool. We know we're very effective with advertisers. 
Every advertiser that's advertised with us has always said that we've delivered. So fuck it. Let's just make it about that. And then the beauty of this world is like, there's no rules, right? <laughs> you can True. do whatever you want. And so and add on and, 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 yes. and adapt it, right? Like as long as you want. Yeah. And so today it's top five, maybe in a year it's top 25. Who knows? Like, and, and that becomes like a feature. And like you, you go on the podcast. You got incredible value. You promoted the launch of your business. And then the next day you resell it to someone else and, yeah. and, and they get the right to do it. So I think um, it's so dynamic what's happening in the industry and it's pretty fun. And I want to keep it small because I also, to be honest, I don't know what we're doing either. Like we're learning as we go. And so we want feedback from the people that are our closest, you know, listeners to be like, yeah, like. Someone said, if you're going to do an in real life event for the holders, give us at least one month notice so we, we can book travel. I was like, great. I'll never do an impromptu event. I'll always give at least four weeks notice. So it's just like little things like that, that I think um, will go a long way. Yeah. And I love, you know, because especially for a podcast, right? Like I, I do believe, you know, podcasting is the most intimate medium there is, right? We're in people's ear holes. We're consistent. They hear our voices, but there is a disconnect on how we relate and connect with our holders. And, you know, I, I you know, we were, I follow each other on, on Twitter and on, on Instagram. And, you know, other than like tagging and promoting an episode or giving a shout out, right? Like it's a very like kind of like disconnected one to many or many to many uh, relationship. But having that discord and connecting with others and kind of bridging that gap, uh, I think it's so, you know, important. And you mentioned dynamic, right? Like who knows? you know, where the space goes and how you evolve even like a, you know, future ones and phase two. And, you know, those that are in it now are you know, like the OGs. They're the, you know, the original ones there. Um, you know, I will put, we'll put the show notes, uh, we'll put the links in there. I know there are still some available. I checked just before uh, we recorded, but you know, for, with a smaller supply, they, they are going to go. So for those that are listening, uh, make sure they check it out uh, in the show notes. Also love simple white paper. You didn't go over complex with that on the website. I mean, Everyone that's listening, take notes. I mean, these are some of the, the, the things that uh, I think people are in the Web3 space kind of got over their head on a lot of these things and, and skipped some of the mark. Um, with that being said, most of us in Web3 are stuck playing in uh, Elon Musk's world. So I, I have to ask you your take uh, on Twitter, like where Twitter is at. Like, in, uh, I, I'm part of a, an alpha group and, and Twitter was a past client of mine for uh, a good while. I did some AI work with them and IBM in, in my past, but I'm in a, in a Twitter alpha group and, uh, and one of the people were dropping screenshots of a coin, a Twitter coin that they, you know, believe will be eminent in this space. Uh, what's your thoughts on like, not only Elon and, and Twitter, but like web three and how much Elon's going to lean into that in this like social space? Cause we've seen, you know, Adam and Zuck with what they've done with digital collectibles on Instagram, but really Twitter with the, you know, with a, a profile photo and authentication and being able to tip in crypto, they're leaders amongst most. But we also know Elon, you know, let go of what, 85% of the company. So <laughs> what's your what's your take on all that? Um, I I think it's incredibly important when you're someone like Elon to take chances and be okay with failing. And he clearly is very comfortable with failing. And so <laughs> sure. and so Twitter, as far as a business was concerned, was unfortunately not run well and was not innovative. Like it's insane if you think about pre-Elon, the updates to the product after whatever 15 years of the business, it's kind of a joke 
you know, and if you look yeah. at a company like Facebook and how far they've come, yep. and if you, t- you look at the trajectory of innovation at Facebook versus Twitter, it's like not incomparable. Right. And so they they really had no excuse to not innovate, except they just did it. And so is everything Elon Musk doing going to work? No. Are there some dumb ideas? Yes. But fuck, he might figure it out, right? Like, and Twitter coin, could it work? Maybe could it be the biggest flop? Yes, but he'll move on and he'll 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 figure it out. And I think ultimately we'll have to see if the experiment works and if he still owns the company in twelve months. But um, that's the beauty of technology is you could take some pretty big fucking swings when you have the audience and it can it it can multiply very quickly. And we saw like network effects only happen in technology. Yep. You know, you only see this exponential type of impact. And I don't know, like I'm on Twitter more than ever now. And I'm curious to see, maybe it's like I, I want to watch the train wreck or maybe it's because like, I, as simple as we talked about this in the podcast, like the views is very interesting. It's very interesting to see what people are actually viewing, but not engaging in. Oh, yeah. I'm addicted to that. I click on that like I mean re- religiously. It's crazy out like that. And it was always there. It was just like two steps down. Like just them visualizing that really yeah. does kind of bring up some interesting, you know, marketing tactics. And t- you know, like I I was analyzing yesterday tweets without a link, tweets without a photo, and tweets you know with a photo. Like how do they? How do? How is Twitter pushing them in the algorithm differently? And we have that data right there at our disposal now. Yeah. So I I think the innovation is working. I think. Look, if Elon Musk had nothing else going on but Twitter, I think Twitter would be a monster. The problem is he has a lot going on. So I don't I don't know how like it's a it would be, you know, the wonders of the world to see this guy's schedule. Like yeah. how do you de- how do you dedicate a mind share to all these things? Um either he has incredible management at all of these organizations or he doesn't sleep. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, which we, we've heard rumors of all the, you know, all the cots underneath you know, people's desks at Twitter. So, and I, I mean, imagine being that, you know, uh, admin and that assistant or, you know, being going to have to change on the fly in 10 minute meetings. And I mean, I can't even imagine that side, uh, yeah. you know, from Elon's world. Yeah. Um, the, the last part I wanted to, I'm just curious, you know, you mentioned like, getting into the podcast and kind of finding value. And then, of course, you guys are launching the NFT. I'm curious for your, you know, your circle of friends and those that, I'm sure when you said, Hey, we're going to go all in on a podcast, they gave you kind of like the stink eye, like what the, like podcast is where you're going to spend your time. And I'm sure you got kind of got the same, uh, on the, uh, on the NFT side, like, wait, you're going to play on that now. It's a bear market and such yeah. for, for those that are kind of, um, that are listening that are risk adverse or they're, they're curious. They're kind of waiting for permission to do, you know, be a content creator or permission to launch an NFT or permission to, to work with, you know, take these brands to the next level. What's your advice for those that are kind of like right now spinning their wheels in this kind of bear market? Yeah, I think on the podcasting side, look, the first time you put, you post a picture, do a front facing video, any of that, it's embarrassing. Yep. You know, you're, you know, everyone's judging you. And when I did it, same thing, all of my peers judged me. Everyone thought like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're almost 40 years old. <laughs> like, and But I stayed consistent. I'm also, I think, fortunate where I'm like, if I believe in something and I'm just going to do it, regardless of what people think of it, 
think of me. And maybe that's just with age and confidence. I, I have a very particular view on that. But as long as you could take that first six months of everyone making fun of you, then once you're out of that, then it's crazy. All of my closest friends listen to the podcast now. I didn't even know that. Nice. Till like years in. They're like, I'm talking like my best, best friends, like people I talk to 30 times a day. Wow. And when one day they referenced podcasts, I was like, wait, you guys listen? <laughs> and I think that was um, very eye-opening for me and very rewarding because like, it's nice that, you know, a bunch of other people, but even my closest friends listen. And I think that was pretty special. Um, when it comes to NFT and crypto, I think if you're curious, you start and you start small. My first uh, uh, Ethereum purchase was a hundred dollars, you know, eight years ago. And I spent a little bit of money every week. That was it. Like, I think, I think if you take any big leaps into things, it's very, very scary. Uh, you know, even when, you, you know, think about it. You don't go from uh, not drinking alcohol to drinking, you know, yeah, eight shots. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you, you're like, oh, I'm going to have a beer. And then next thing you know it, you're drinking whiskey, you're drinking wine. It's just like, it takes time. And so everything is right. And everything should have be done in moderation and everything um, just, it takes, it's, it takes its time and you just have to start small. I love that. I love that. Great advice. And, you know, and, you know, for those that are listening, we'll have the Chatty Cathy Club uh, you know, website and link uh, in the show notes. Also the podcast, you know, as I said, it's, it's one that I listen to on the regular right now, actually in my rotation, it's just armchair expert and, and group chat news. And, and that's my, those are my two that are in my, uh, you know, kind of current rep, uh, you know, rotation. And, you know, I, I also just throw out there, you know, for those listening, I think there's also important, and, and, and this will probably be my last question to you, D, you know, you mentioned like, I mean, you've launched big brands and big exits. You've worked with, you know, VC side, but you are also, you know, even with the, the podcast, you guys are very authentic, very real. Um, you, you now that we've been, you know, on the podcast, like I really appreciate that. And I, I feel like there's sometimes there's, there's still, you know, like this, there's kind of like both sides of the fence, right? Like Bored Ape, they, you know, what they just came out with their, you know, video of like the guy swallowing the key and his keys coming out of his butthole or some ridiculousness. And I was like, I can't believe this billion dollar company is using that as a, as a, you know, mechanic. But then at the same time, there's this element of like, hey, just because I we're not presenting it with our, you know, a certain tie on or we're we are able to talk as if we're just sitting around with friends, it doesn't mean that, you know, executives or people aren't gonna, you know, listen. I'm curious, like, is do you ever feel like do you get pushback ever on like just the authenticity of not only just, you know, the podcast, but even each of you individually as a brand? I think you guys are very confident in that, but I have to imagine there still has to be a little bit of like that old school even VC mentality of like, you know, we we're used to you know working with people that are in a suit and tie always and, 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 and talking like this, or maybe not having a podcast. How do you kind of handle that kind of like outside pressure and still stay authentic? I think um, we've been fortunate to be in the rooms with the people that, you know, everyone like, you know, worships and in those situations, I always felt very intimidated. I was like, oh, do I, what am I doing here? Right. And when I got to actually talk to these people, I was like, oh, they're just like us. 
They're, they're no different. They want to get fucked up on the weekends. They want to go watch sports like we do. They're interested in running, whatever. They're literally, we're all the, the same. And that's why it's so interesting that there's actually divisiveness in this country when we're actually all the same. It's crazy. Yeah. We're, yeah. when, like, I'll talk to all walks of life and everyone, you know, and, and I think guys are a little bit more simple people than, like, women have different complexities with motherhood versus non motherhood. And, like, there's just different ranges of that. But when I see guys on different sides and arguing and fighting over things, I'm just like, dude, you guys are the same exact person. Like, what are you talking about? You're like, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of like cavemen, specifically guys, right? Like, right. like, like emotionally and socially we're cavemen. And whereas like women have a little more sophistication in the way they approach things and the way they think about life and how empathetic they are to situations. It's like they're far more sophisticated in the way they view the world. Whereas guys are just like we're knuckleheads. And so I think when I was fortunate enough to be in these rooms, I was like, oh, there's like, I'm going to talk and act how I want to. Cause I know th this is how everyone else talks and acts. And so um, and you have to have the confidence to be like, yeah, some people will disagree with you and that's okay. Like, I know the stuff I say, people are, are rolling their eyes when they when I say it, that's okay. Right. We don't have to agree on everything. Doesn't mean we can't be friends. Amen. I mean, that's a great way of putting it. You know, and I, you know, I, I would, one of my, like, I'd say I claim the fames or favorite things that I talk about a lot is I was the first guy to ever present at the Pentagon without a shirt and tie. And the wow. second time I presented, I had a hat in my back pocket and I pulled it out because the topic was how do you attract millennials to work for the U S government? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah first got to dress like that. You got to act like you have to understand, especially this was, you know, 2004, 2005, which was a you know, interesting time. So I, a lot of that, you know, really hits home. Uh, you know, really appreciate you taking out the time. I'm glad we connected, uh, via Instagram and we're able to make this work kind of, you know, pretty quickly, uh, you know, turn around. Uh, and for those listening too, right? Like, you know, this is, there's an element of like, shoot your shot, try, try small, you know, start small, you know, put yourself out there and, and also be willing to kind of, you know, level on the consistency, right? Like, I mean, the podcast story you shared at the very beginning, uh, I know connects for my audience because I mean, I didn't know if I was going to make it 365 days, but I was like, I'll sure as I'll try. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, this is going to work. So, yeah. uh, you know, I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, anything uh, uh, last you want to throw out there for the audience before we wrap up? No, check us out. Group chat news on TikTok, group chat, and all, where all podcasts are found. Give us a listen and yeah, give us that feedback. We love it. I love that. Yep. All the, all the notes will be out there. All the links will be in the show notes. And uh, as always, my friends, and uh, until next time, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review, like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own